In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 366th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons lost 20-17 at the buzzer today to the Los Angeles Chargers in a just bizarre, bizarre game. The Falcons came out hot, took a 10-0 lead, and then couldn't do anything for much of the rest of the game. Uh, had some miscues at the end. Had a fumble fumble. That's what we're calling it. Uh, Austin Eckler fumbled the ball. And the Falcons got it back. And with the game tied in the final minute. But Taquan Graham, the defensive end, second year guy out of Texas, uh, fumbled the ball. He dropped it while he was running, you know, and uh, – uh, getting out of field goal range, maybe he should have slid. He could have went out of bounds. He could have did a whole bunch of things, but he didn't. And the uh, Chargers recovered the ball. Now the defense still's got to stop. Uh, the Chargers from you know they got him at the 43. They go in man. Justin Herbert finds Cornell Armstrong, who's chasing uh, Palmer, uh, Joshua, who gets open for 22 yards, and just like that, they're back in field goal range. And they run another play. Then they. Kick the field goal for the win. Chargers improved to five and three on the season. The Atlanta Falcons dropped to four and five. You know, it's a quick week, quick turnaround. The Falcons are trying to get rid of this one and, and get on over to Charlotte uh, for an 8-15 game on Amazon Prime, stream game, Thursday night football. Uh, have another chance to get back to 500. Franchise just hasn't been able to get over 500. Dating back to the 2017 season. This is a battle for respectability this season with a lot of players here on one-year contracts, some young talent, and uh, some older guys that are mixed in uh, to make up this year 2022 Atlanta Falcons team. They did some things today that have been uncharacteristic, shooting themselves in the foot. They had a 38-yard touchdown run call back. They had the ball taken from them by Khalil Bank, one of the league's best ball producers is what Coach Staley said he was. Uh, and that goes back to his days at Buffalo. He had a ball like that against Ohio State that kind of helped him get drafted where he just rode the back, took the ball off of him, and started going the other way with it. So that's what happened here today at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They announced tickets distributed, but we we want real attendance. So they said it's over 60,000 tickets distributed, but not really sure how many people are in the in the building. Uh, wasn't rocking like it was last week against Carolina, but uh, they'll have a chance to get back home on the 20th and uh, against Justin Field and the Chicago Bears. That'll be the game after the Carolina Thursday Prime uh, Amazon Prime game. Let's get on to hear what Coach Arthur Smith said about what happened after the 10-point lead. In the first quarter, 
came out the way we wanted. And then, um, you know, they got us off the field on third down, and then they had a long drive. They overcame a long third down, Mike. But, you know, that's a good good quarterback, and it's an NFL team. And so you're kind of going back and forth. And, uh, you know, they made some plays in the second quarter. We came back in the third quarter. I thought we played pretty well. Uh, obviously didn't love the touchdown. Um, you know, I got to look at that. Then we came, came overcame that, and then we got the fumble, right? And then we got the turnover, came back and scored. And uh, so a pretty short game. And at the end, you know, they made – they made a play or two. And so, you know, whether you're mixing up calls and in a day that they, they executed better than we did on the stretch. They made more than one play. They made more than one play in that game. And we outlined a couple of them. Didn't outline the three, the, you know, uh, inability to get the ball deep to Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts dropped passes. Uh, you know, those passing game is just not in sync. Um, I don't know if it is going to be, but uh, – uh, we'll get on to that later. Let's hear from Coach Smith on Taekwon Graham's fumble. Back to EQ, 100,000%. You know, you want to make a play. It's a funny shape ball. But uh, I love TQ, and uh, and he, can't, he should never hang his head down. I mean, he scooped the ball up. It slipped out. He's a defensive lineman. Um, all takes funny bounces sometimes. All right. Look like he's giving, uh, you know, Taekwon uh, – you know, he's not going to beat his guy up uh, for fumbling there, but, uh, you know, the, the kid was going through it. He at least was a stand-up guy. Wasn't one of those hiding-in-the-locker-room uh, guys. He came out and faced the music. So good for Taekwon and uh, so forth. We'll hear from him later. But here's Arthur Smith on if there's something to play in in a lot of these close games. They're 3-4 and four in these close games, so uh, this one didn't go their way. No, I mean, if you look around the league, I mean, it's – so competitive, right? Week in and week out, they usually come down to the end. And um, I think it's kind of the trend around the, the National Football League. And certainly, we've, we've been in our fair share, um, you know, really the last two years. And uh, but didn't get it done today. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, one of the uh, stars for the Falcons today was uh, Tyler Algier, 99 yards rushing, 23 uh, receiving, 24 receiving. So he was over 100 yards today. Uh, all-purpose yards so we talked to him after the game just to get his thoughts on his big game and the spirit of the team how tough was this one you know when y'all you know started out so so hot mm. two ten points and uh weren't able to sustain it there. yeah um just, there's a lot of things that come comes down to it too mm -hmm. but i think um we all fought, fought at the end, just came short. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the 97, I know you want to win, but, you know, you had the over 100 yards total. Mm. First time in the NFL, I believe. Correct? Uh -huh. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, how do you put that to the side and try to get ready for Carolina? Sure, everything happens for a reason. I think, um, yeah, I might have had over 100 purpose, but it's got just doing my job and stuff, just doing my job. But, sure, we got to put that aside. Just learn, learn from our mistakes and stuff, and then just get ready, get ready for a, for a quick turnaround. Really. Quick turnaround. How's the spirit of locker room? How are guys uh, dealing with the tough losses? Shit, it's it's just one of those ones where it's just like fuck, shit, mm -hmm. shit, kind of beat ourselves and stuff. But you know, I think um, just grateful to come, come back to it, come back to it, and then just learn from our mistakes and then just get ready. All right, one of the big things is hey, you know, um, if you ever got to get rid of a game, this is the one because Carolina's. Carolina's kicking themselves because they thought they had the Falcons beat. 
Uh, they had a tough time with the Bengals, which, you know, the Falcons did too. I saw 42, and I didn't see the Panthers score. I heard Baker Mayfield might have went in. But here um, the Falcons know they got to get on to the Panthers. And Alameda Zacchaeus talked about the uh, short turnaround versus the Panthers on Thursday. Yeah, like, um, definitely helps that we're playing a divisional opponent that we just played. So, as far as preparation, like, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know, but you know, I don't think they're going to change too much. So, uh, you know, we have an idea of, you know, how they play and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, like you said, we got to turn around pretty quick. So. Well, all right. Uh, you know, we went to the, um, you know, uh, Chargers locker room after today. We have four people covering the game. Uh, myself, uh, my the two interns, uh, Trayvon Gray from the University of Georgia, and Aaron Wilson from Georgia State. So we fanned out. I went to the Chargers, me and Trevin. Uh, he's got a story on Jamari Sawyer. Uh, Aaron's got a story on Tyler Algier and the State of the Falcons locker room. And columnist Mark Bradley uh, handled Coach, uh, Coach Arthur Smith. And uh, I went over to talk to... I uh, got to Eckler and a couple other Chargers. Josh uh, Harris, uh, long snapper. He's enjoying L.A. Uh, Y'all will hear that. And uh, Coach Brandon Staley, he's good friends with uh, Falcons coaches, uh, Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone. Uh, so we chatted a little bit after the podium. But uh, here is what Coach Brandon Staley had to say on uh, what they did after the Falcons took that 10-0 uh, lead. His defense shut the Falcons down pretty much. Uh, for the rest of the first half, they got a little bit going the second, but for the most part, uh, after those two opening drives, it was uh, the Falcons were sputtering about on offense. So we wanted to know from Coach Staley what the Chargers did to shut down the Falcons. The first drive, there was that one run into an eight-man front where our edge player and linebacker just didn't play it properly. Mm -hmm. Outside of that run, we were doing just fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think our guys just settled in. We got into the right personnel groupings that uh, we felt like would match up with those guys. And I just felt like our guys really communicated, stayed connected, and we did a good job of tackling after that. We kept the ball in front of us and then we put a roof over the coverage mm -hmm. uh, and didn't let them get any plays in the deep part of the field. So we had taken away the passing game mm -hmm. and then we could really put our attention to the run game. They're a really good running team mm -hmm. and uh, we, we tried to do our best to, you know, after that first series to kind of flush that one and come back and play good ball. All right, see, that wasn't a scheme question. That was a football question. Uh, and he gave us some good answers about what they did to shut the Falcons down. They took over the deep ball. They got, you know, um, they put their guys in, in space up close to the line scrimmage. The linebacker misplayed, uh, lost containment. Algeo hit the corner and slammed it back inside on him. So they made an adjustment is what he's telling us, and they took away the deep ball, and the Falcons uh, couldn't hit that deep ball against the Chargers today. So with that, we're going to take a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. 
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to welcome in Daniel Solerson, our senior producer of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm good. A little disappointed in how today went for the Falcons, but nonetheless, uh, we have some uh, mailbag questions for you, D-Led. You can follow D-Led on Twitter, at D-OrlandoAJC. A couple questions for you, and we'll start with at Shedrick Carter 2. D-Led, why didn't they trade for some pass rush help at the deadline? They keep playing these zone defenses, but there's no rush, so QBs are just sitting back. Yeah, no question about it. The price tag for the pass rushers were, was pretty high, and uh, we saw where, where the pass rushers went. You saw uh, where Bradley Chubb went to Miami, and they automatically had to pay him some money. So you had to make sure you were bringing in, um, you know, uh, one of the top-end guys here, you know, local kid Chubb from uh, from uh, Hillgrove. And um, Quinn, he's an older guy, but, uh, you know, he, he went at the deadline too and from Chicago, and Roquan went to, you know, he was not a pass rusher, but he's certainly one of the top defenders. He goes to the the uh, Ravens. But the um, they didn't get a pass rusher. Those cost a lot of money, and, and they weren't ready to commit some of their future money to – uh, Bradley Chubb apparently uh, don't know if even if they talk with the um, the Broncos about it but that would have been the one that would have made the most sense and then you know he's been hurt on and off he's got five and a half this year but uh, he's kind of unproven but Miami went on and uh, paid him afterwards Quinn's old and then I didn't see any other pass rushers that uh, were of note that, that you would want to pursue. Coach Smith did make a point that, hey, you don't want to mortgage your future on a guy that you're just going to have for 10 weeks, and then you got to make the decision on whether you wanted to pay him. That would have been a Chubb situation. And, uh, you know, that, that those are just all the things that go into play. They did what they did do at the deadline. They traded Ridley. They got something for him. That trade's receiving good reviews. The draft of the cornerback because uh, AJ's down and Casey Hayward's uh, Casey Hayward's out for the season. Uh, Rashad Fenton from Kansas City. He was active today but didn't play or didn't start. I got I haven't seen the whole play chart yet. I don't think he played. He might have played on special teams, but he was active and uh, they're trying to get him ready to play. We uh, we wanted to talk to him last week. He wasn't ready yet. He's a uh, uh, crash course net to try to get out on the field as quick as possible. I would think maybe not this this short week, but by the Bears, I fully expect to see him. Don't know how bad uh, Terrell's hamstring is, but he's been shut down for two weeks. You know, usually that, that, that uh, hamstring window is four to six weeks, so we'll see how that goes. How about our next question there, Daniel? Yeah, good stuff there. And keep in mind, the Dolphins had a bevy of first-round picks to hand out. One of them they got for Tyreek Hill, one Jalen Waddle, and then, of course, they used the last one on Chubb. So I don't think the Falcons want to mortgage that first-round pick on a guy uh, like Chubb just yet. But the last question uh, for you, D-Led, this is from Alabama underscore Falcons. Had a little bit of a rough weekend with his Crimson Tide, but his Twitter handle, at 18 underscore natties. And this is a tradition unlike any other D-Led. Why can we not see Ritter? That's his question. Usually we have at least one a week as far as getting Ritter into the game. But I didn't know if you have any other thoughts on why the Falcons continue to play 
Mariota and why have we not seen Ritter yet? Yeah, we haven't seen Ritter because Mariota's been able to keep these games close and they feel that he's the best guy to to uh, have this team win with. As long as they're in the hunt, we're probably not, and he's healthy, we're probably not going to see Desmond Ritter this year. They uh, want to develop him and they are doing it in practice and after practice. So, uh, but hey, at some point you're like, hey, Desmond throws a better deep ball. <laughs> Maybe you just run him in there for a play to throw a deep ball. But uh, that's not the case. Uh, there's an ebb and flow to it. Uh, and as long as they're in the hunt, Mariota's going to be the quarterback. And uh, Desmond's just going to have to uh, uh, do a good job running the scout team and do a, keep his head up and uh, do a good job in those after practice sessions. So that's where we're at with our uh, weekly Desmond Ritter uh, question for from the fans. So thanks a lot for sending those along. Yeah, no problem. Again, you can follow D-Led on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. Quick turnaround, so another mailbag for you on Thursday after the game if you would like to submit your questions. So D-Led, I'll throw it back to you. All right. Thank you, Daniel. We're going to go through uh, the game notes here and the uh, player notes uh, here. For the Falcons, just got a notification. The videos are up on the uh, AJC.com. But, uh, you know, the Falcons uh, team notes, game notes, they uh, offense recorded 315 yards, 201 rushing. Falcons had 200 yards rushing for the third time this season. And uh, the Falcons rushed for 12 first downs. The fifth time this season they've had at least 10 or more first downs rushing. Six different defenders recorded six or more tackles on Sunday. And the Falcons' defense held the Chargers' offense under 100 yards rushing. Uh, the fifth time holding an opponent to 100 yards, under 100 yards this season. All right. And fullback Keith Smith served as the sixth captain today for the Atlanta Falcons. Just some player notes here. We'll go offense and defense, do them all together here. Uh, get ready for the quick turnaround ourselves this week. Marcus Mariota was 12 of 23, 52.2% for 129. and six, No interceptions, no touchdowns, 68.9 passer rating. Also rushed, he also rushed 24 yards uh, on five carries. Coderell Patterson returned after four games. It didn't do much. Uh, well, he actually did do a little bit there, but... The uh, his 38-yard touchdown call got called back, so he would have been 14 for uh, 82, but he's 13 for 48. But he had two touchdowns, and the one uh, one was dynamite. He blew up linebacker Drew Tranquil at about the five, and then just barreled on in from the three-yard line on a uh, just studly uh, run there by uh, CP. We were down on the field before game, before the game, and uh, saw him interacting with the fans and so forth. So, uh, good job by him. So his five touchdowns this season marks the third time in his career that he scored five or more touchdowns in a season. He did it again. Uh, he did it before in 2013 and 2021. He's the only player with five rushing touchdowns through nine weeks, or. On fewer than 80 carries, because you know Nick Chubb and Eckler are 
have more, but he's got the fewer carries. Algier to 99 for 10, one pass for 24. Rashad Evans move on over to the defensive side of the ball. The pass catching wasn't nothing. That's not in the highlights because it wasn't the highlight. Kyle Pitts dropped a bunch, a couple ball, at least two, maybe three. Overthrown on a couple more. They're just not. They're not together. Uh, I know they were hoping uh, uh, Mariota could vibe with Pitts like he did with Delaney Walker in Tennessee, but it's just not happening yet. Two of seven, but he led the Falcons with 27 yards receiving. So um, his stats aren't in there. The one stat that jumps out in the passing stats uh, are Lamazade Sakias. He catches all his targets. I'm thinking he might. He should probably be getting some more balls. But, you know, when you draft a tight end four and a, a wide receiver uh, in the top ten, you know, they're going to get some balls. So that's my editorial for for today on that. Defensive uh, stats, Richie Grant had a big pick, 11 tackles, uh, one interception, the second of the season. You know, I don't like the safety leading you in tackles. That's a bad, bad day. Cornell uh, Armstrong finished with a career-high nine tackles. That meant they were, you know, they went when they went man, they found him. And uh, uh, most of the glaring one was the big 22-yarder to get right back in the field goal range. Michael Walker had nine after the fumble fumble. Cornell was in coverage on Joshua Palmer on that. Mikhail Walker with nine tackles. Uh, Isaiah Oliver finished with seven. He had one of the bizarre plays. Uh, he flipped Eckler, but Eckler played like he wasn't down and got up, and uh, but his elbow was down, and uh, that was a good play. And Darren Hall was going to get in trouble because he's standing there watching Eckler run. You got to go on and finish him off. Uh, if there's any question that um, – you know he was down or not, so so uh, I'm sure he's gonna get the coaching point on that tomorrow in the meeting. Jalen Hawkins finished with six tackles. Taquan Graham three tackles, one quarterback hit, one fumble recovery, and one fumble. They don't have that on here. I added it. Uh, defensive lineman Grady Jarrett had three tackles, uh, two solos, one tackle for loss, and then Bradley Pinion punted four times for 204 including a long of 57. So there you go. There are your player notes and your game notes from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, let's get on to um, some more uh, audio here from the game. Let's go to uh, Chargers running back Austin Eckler on his fumble late in the game. I had no idea where the ball was, but I definitely knew the ball was out. And I'm looking around, and it's behind me, so I never would have saw it. Um, and then I'm on the ground, and I see all of a sudden they start running. I'm still on the ground, like, where the is the ball? Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's probably the worst feeling as a running back um, is to see someone running the other way when you fumble the ball. Um, especially when we put so much emphasis on ball security throughout the entire week for as long as we've been playing. So it's like, yeah, just like a devastating feeling, man, when you give it up. Because the whole team, especially in the fourth quarter, the whole team is relying on you to hang on to this ball so we can kick a field goal and get home, right? Like the whole organization is relying on me to hang on to this ball. Like when, you, when, we, when we talk about ball security, you're not just hanging on to it for yourself. You know, I'm talking about putting food on the plate to these people in this room, the organization. So that's how serious we take it. So, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that's Eckler. He uh he went from hero to goat there. They were able to save him uh with the Falcons fumble. Uh, but that was uh him. They were just trying to run to the left and get in field goal range and the ball gets out, you know. So that's uh 
his take on the fumble late in the game. Let's hear from kicker Cameron Dicker. As good as it can be, I'd say. It's uh, pretty crazy. It's just something you don't never really think that's going to happen and just hope to go out there and do your job the best you can. And so it's cool to be able to go do that. Well, all right, let's hear from uh, young QB himself, Justin Herbert, on the Josh Palmer pass. Uh, the big catch to set up the game-winning field goal. Just Josh Palmer. You know, that's a route that we've repped all the time, and, and we trust him to, to go up and win man coverage. Um, you know, he flattened, ran a great route, gave him a ball that he caught, got upfield. Yep, no doubt. And, um, you know, we said last summer, man, Falcon's situation was so bad they couldn't even sign their all-star long snapper. But he ended up in char with the Chargers and uh, had a snap to help the Chargers win today. So we, uh, you know, we were kicker. We had just talked to him, and uh, uh, Josh was right there, and we started just chatting like old times. And uh, then I got a couple questions here uh, with Josh Harris of the Los Angeles Chargers, the long snapper. Same mindset going into every every kick, you know, whether it's a game winner or the first one of the game, you know, we just we have a job to do, and so when our number's called, you know, it's up to us to go out there and perform. And uh, how big is getting this win coming off the bye week for you all, y'all? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a, a good feeling, you know, to, to take some time off and to get started back on the right foot. You know, hopefully this will be some momentum, and we can remember this and, uh, you know, and kind of use this to propel us for the rest of the way home. All right, no question about it. Uh... Josh is doing well. I asked him about, you know, after living most of his career in the South, uh, how's it going out in L.A.? He's like, hey, it's one big family vacation. <laughs> and uh, uh, Josh from West Carrollton and uh, played at Auburn, spent uh, the better part of his career here with Atlanta is now with the Chargers. So let's get to DeAndre Carter on stepping up with Keenan Allen out of the game. Keenan's a big third, guy, third down guy for us. Uh, he's been down for a while. Hopefully we get him back soon. Um, but whenever you know they dialed up, they called my number. Third down, first down, second down. I, you know I'm trying to make the play, and was that, happy that I was able to do that for the team today. All right, that's DeAndre Carter of the Los Angeles Chargers. Here we want to um, just look at one more thing here, uh, stat wise. Just wanted to look at the uh, uh, Justin Herbert stats. He was 30 of 43 for 245, one touchdown, one interception, 82 rating. And uh, the other thing was because the uh, Falcons couldn't get off the field on third down. The Chargers hit like six straight third downs, you know, scrambling back in the game to take that 14 to 10 lead at the halftime. And so we wanted to do the third down numbers here. They were 8 of 16, 50%. And the uh, Falcons were 5 of 11, 45%. And then, of course, they're 1 of 1 on fourth down. That was, uh, that was a big win in that last drive, too. They went forward on fourth and five and, and converted it. So time of possession, the Falcons wanted to win that. They did 31 minutes and 49 seconds to 28 and 21 for the Chargers. So, you know, they played keep away from Justin Herbert, but uh, couldn't stop him on that last drive. You know, well, they actually did stop him, but then gave him the ball back. So, you know, that's just kind of how this one went down for the Atlanta Falcons. Like we said, it's time to move on. Falcons are four and five. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll update you on where they are in the standings because the Saints play on Monday and the 
the uh, Bucks are playing. Um, they played the uh, af- evening game, afternoon game. They were uh, they were losing earlier, so they might not make it a tie for first place just yet. But uh, we'll update you on AJC.com on the, you know this newfound status of the NFC South. As the Falcons head up to Charlotte to face the Carolina Panthers on Thursday on the Amazon Prime streaming game. So with that, we're going to get out of here. This is the 366th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Take care and have a great week. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.